Democrats are outraged as Republicans make Republicans vote to make a secret memo public, and President Trump prepares to take center stage just as some lawmakers are taking a pass on tonight's big speech. This is the State of America Tonight. I've read the memos. I do hope it's released in the next five days. The White House and congressional Republicans' attacks on Mueller make you believe it was taking place in a banana republic, not in the United States of America. Robert Mueller is not someone to be trifled with. The latest turmoil in the Russia probe comes as the president is about to deliver his first State of the Union speech. The president's going to talk about a number of things tonight. Certainly the economy will be front and center. It's a big speech, an important speech. I hope it's going to be good. We worked on it hard, cover a lot of territory. Hello, I'm Kirsten Powers, live in New York. This is State of America. President Trump is set to tell Americans tonight that the State of the Union is strong. But the State of Washington, well, that's a different story. Republicans on the House Intel Committee voting to release a controversial memo alleging FBI bias against Donald Trump. Democrats say it's purely political. This is a continuation of the effort to protect the president's hide, uh, push out a misleading narrative, uh, selectively declassify information. Chairman Nunes has acted like a stooge at the, with the speaker. A stooge? A stooge of the White House at the acquiescence or at least or maybe the guidance of the Speaker of the House. Nancy Pelosi was talking about Devin Nunes. He's the Republican chairman of the House Intel Committee. Important to note, he was also a member of Trump's transition team. But the Republican who used to have his job doesn't like what he sees. What this does is it picks some facts that they like, uh, it puts them in a memo, and it puts it out there, and that's for a political narrative. What happens is they're destroying the credibility of the one committee that gets access to information that no other committee on the Capitol gets. It's now up to President Trump to release the memo. And with that, let's go right to the White House. That's where we find CNN's Caitlin Collins. Caitlin, we're hearing uh, that the president wants this memo to get out as soon as possible. What are you hearing? Yeah, that's right. The president wants this memo released as quickly as possible. Sources familiar with his thinking have told CNN, but they will not release the memo ahead of the State of the Union address tonight because they don't want it to step on this message that the president is going to deliver on Capitol Hill just here in a short few hours. And some aides are even worried that the president could be distracted. As you know, this memo was brought over to the White House last night after the House Intelligence Committee brought brought it over here after they voted on it. And it's sitting in a classified room, but the president has spent the day preparing for the speech, meeting with the guests that the White House has invited to the State of the Union. But we are told that it's more of a question of when and not if. And as you know, after they voted on it, the president has five days to decide about releasing the memo. And if he does nothing, it will be released anyways. So we can likely expect that if the president made a last minute decision to not release the memo, that would be quite stunning because this has been his thinking for some some days now, so before they even voted on it, that he wanted this memo out there and he made sure to relay that message to officials over at the Justice Department. So all of this comes as the president is prepared to deliver this first address here tonight. We're told that the White House has been working on this speech since December. The president first ran through it over here at the White House yesterday. And essentially, Kirsten, he's going to do two things. He's going to tout his successes of his first year in office, including that sweeping tax reform bill and nominating someone to the Supreme 
Supreme Court, but then he's going to focus on what he wants to get done his next year in office. Immigration, infrastructure, trade. He's going to talk about national security a little bit. So we can see all of that coming today. The president's got a few more hours here where he's going to continue to do some speech prep. Chris, Kirsten, sorry. All right. Thank you, Caitlin. That's a great update. And joining me now with some perspective on President Trump's State of the Union address is CNN political analyst Julian Zelitzer. He's also a professor and historian at Princeton. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks I think the, the first thing I want to do is just sort of take a step back for our audience and sort of put this in historical perspective. How important is the State of the Union? We make a very big deal about it, but should we treat it as such a big deal? Well, it's still an important speech. More people watch this than most of the other speeches he makes or press conferences, but it's not what it used to be. Hmm. It's very hard to change the electorate in 2018. Everyone has their party position. And obviously, the media has become much more fragmented. So whereas in 1974, if you turn on the TV, that's what you would see. Today, you have many choices. Right. Um, and as a historian, uh, looking at all the sort of great speeches of the past, uh, if you could advise President Trump, especially considering the current climate we're in, what would you tell him to talk about tonight or focus on it? Well, he'll probably take a page out of Bill Clinton's playbook, who in the mm -hmm. middle of the impeachment had to give a State of the Union address. A scandal controversy was swirling around him, and he spoke about the economy. He spoke about how well the country was doing, how well the economy was doing, and focused attention on the issues that were not controversial. I'm not sure if that's what yeah. President Trump will do, but that's probably the model. So, of course, he's not the first president. Uh, the, there was Bill Clinton. There was also Richard Nixon under, under investigation. And Nixon took a different tack. He actually addressed it. W would you tell Trump that he should address it, or should he just pretend that it's not happening? Well, I'm sure <laughs> President Trump will want to address it. Yeah. Uh, president Nixon did that, and he said, it's time to bring the investigations to an end. Of course, that didn't happen. And my guess is, by mentioning it tonight, uh, he would only increase attention. So... Probably a better bet for him politically is to focus on the issues that have gone well for him and what he wants to do in the following year. Okay. And another thing that's happening, you said there's a speech and then there's the sort of what's happening off stage in yes. the audience and, and um, who's showing up and who's not showing up. And a lot of Democrats are not just not going. That's, that's common. Sometimes people don't mm -hmm. go to the State of the Union. They're actually boycotting it and they're saying they don't want to show respect for the president. Is this historically a common thing to do or is this a more new phenomenon? No, we've had, there, there's some people who don't come. Some Supreme Court justices don't want mm -hmm. to come to this or they can't come and there's always some members who can't come, but there's always some protest, uh, probably more this year than in the past. There's many Democrats who feel, feel very strongly about what the president has done, including on issues like race. So it's not surprising. This is a form of political theater. And so some of the theater is on stage, and some right. of it has to do with the audience meeting members of Congress and the visitors who will be there as well. All right. Thank you. That's a great setup for tonight's speech. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And coming up, the fight over a four-page memo. House Republicans want the memo out. We'll check in with the panel next. Republicans ran in 2016 on protecting classified information, but now they're clashing with Democrats and the Department of Justice to release a classified memo. The panel tonight, Errol Lewis, CNN political commentator and political anchor for Spectrum News, Rich Galen, Republican strategist, 
Sally Cohn, CNN political commentator and the host of the State of Resistance podcast, and Steve Rogers, a member of Trump's re-election campaign advisory board. All right, thank you everybody for being here. I think we're going to first start talking about the memo, and I want you to just listen to what Adam Schiff said earlier on CNN. It's a political exercise by the Republicans designed to attack the FBI, attack the Department of Justice, undermine Bob Mueller's work. Steve, what do you think about that? I think he's wrong. I think the time has come to uh, be transparent. Uh, many of us, look, I've been involved in law enforcement my whole life. And uh, a lot of these investigations have been compromised that we're seeing conducted by the FBI. And it's about time that uh, we just lay it out before the American people and let them make the decision. Well, so what about the fact, Sally, that a, a lot, well, first of all, there's two things. One, the Democrats also have a memo that they want released, and right. the Republicans are not letting them do that. Which would seem to and, not be transparent. Yeah, yeah. and then the, the fact that really hardly anybody has seen the underlying intelligence here. Correct. So there's first, th this is, look, this is so political that it's, it's sad, and we would hope, honestly, that this could be an impartial investigation. Uh, if you want transparency... Transparency for both sides, put out both memos. That seems straightforward, number one. Uh, and, and number two, look, this is a, uh, you know, Republican-appointed investigator uh, by a Republican nominee. I mean, this is like, is this your investigation? And the question we have to keep asking over and over again is if Trump and the Republicans don't like look, it, why? What look, are you hiding? Why you, not just let the investigation ha have you proceed fairly? that? The uh, number two man in the FBI stepped down. Look, uh, yeah. like I said, I've been involved in law enforcement. These investigations have been compromised. McCabe stepped down. Why but did he last, step down? Last week, you guys said it was compromised because somebody texted somebody else a joke about a secret society. Listen, you, you don't want to compromise. You're compromising the investigation. Let it proceed. Let, let we find out what happened, out, and we act on it. I started out this business <laughs> covering municipal court, and everybody who's ever covered municipal court or been... Having been away, you know, when the prosecutor puts on this case, you go, that guy needs not just to go to jail, he needs to go to hell. Right. That guy's terrible. And then the defense comes on, same facts, just a little different. And you go, this, this guy makes Mother Teresa look like, like a regular person. So we don't, need, we don't know until we see both sides of it. We have no idea. Okay, yeah. So and I, uh, I, I want to get to that in, in, a, in a second. I think, you know, Errol, I just want to get your general take on this. Look, the president is also... He's the subject of his his campaign is a subject of investigation, and now yes. it's really his decision about whether this gets released. That seems kind of inappropriate. Well, it's in, it, and let's keep in mind it's in large part his doing. He requested the investigation, yeah. and now the investigation is go, is going on. Um, I, look, the the standard that I use that troubles me the most in all of this is you have to you step back and ask yourself: Are these the actions of someone with no one with nothing to hide? And he fires the FBI uh, uh, director. He goes after the rest of the FBI. He throws up every conceivable, he and his allies, his political allies, throw up every conceivable story, you know, including some that are really quite fantastic, to believe that there's some kind of uh, conspiracy going on at the highest levels of the FBI with an outside judge who's blessing this, this illicit activity really requires, I think, a lot more proof than what we've seen. Right. And, now, and so it's, it's a, sort of a naked allegation. And I, again, I ask myself, this is not what somebody with nothing to hide would do. You would wait for it to come out and then tear it apart. Yeah. But the, the other side of that is that there, there is always a possibility that there's bias in the FBI, right? It's not like Democrats haven't felt this way before, Sally. I, that, you know, that, that it's not like they're just so above reproach and, and you can't question them. Right. You know, the interesting, this is a, 
fascinating thing about bias? I mean, first of all, when it was found that one person who was involved in the Mueller investigation uh, and the FBI had sent a text that, you know, suggested mm. sort of pro-Hillary, anti-Trump, that, that guy got kicked off the team. So it's pretty straightforward when you see the bias, you respond to it. The flip side here is, in all the times that the Democrats, I'm sorry, that the Republicans investigated Obama, right? When it, first of all, when it was Comey to begin with, investigating Hillary, I didn't hear the Republicans say, hey, you know what? He's a Republican, so he can't investigate this Democrat. No, but he, and I didn't he compromised, hear, he compromised I, wait, 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 that wait, investigation. That's not my point here. I'm saying when, well, the Republicans, when the Republicans in Congress investigated Benghazi eight times, eight <laughs> times, <laughs> but, but, no one said, hey, they know, can't investigate because get, they're against Obama. So why is it partisanship? Facts. My right. point is, yeah. but why just, is it just suddenly just address your point, though. Her point is that really the Democrats never did this systematic attempt to discredit the FBI that really we're seeing from the, from the Trump and Republicans who, who used to love law and order. <laughs> the FBI has discredited itself. Look, I revere that organization. I worked at FBI headquarters. How do you know that? Like what, based because on what? James Comey, when he came out with this uh, uh, conclusion that Hillary Clinton, at that time of the investigation, was innocent of anything without concluding the investigation. I could tell you, every investigator in this country that has common How sense... How did you conclude that? the that investigation? What are you talking about? You don't like the conclusions of the FBI. Really no, no, you don't no, like no, the I conclusions. didn't say that. If the yeah. FBI concluded, made no. their conclusions after a complete investigation, he didn't interview a lot of the witnesses, etc. That's history. Let's go back to right now, okay? President Trump had nothing to do with McCabe stepping down, did he? He had nothing uh, to do with it. Well, he, he, didn't he, did, he That did, was a decision did, well, by the he did, director. He did put a, uh, some pressure, he, probably. But, but I want to get Errol in on this about McCabe, because I think one thing we have to consider is there's a report in the New York Times today that basically there's a possibility that in this memo there could be some information that um, impugns him. Well, yeah. And, and it's, it's look, it, it is very likely that McCabe... Uh, succumb to the political pressure that he's put under. And make no mistake, it was political pressure. When the president of the United States is ridiculing you uh, in public, is telling millions of people that there's something wrong with you and he can't wait for you to leave, um, a lot of people can't stand up under that heat. You know, we're all political Not pundits. And, he can do it. And, and, well, <laughs> yeah, but Rich, Rich well, so the issue with, with Andrew McCabe, of course, was that his wife... Is this Democrat who received money and, and I from, think, from Terry McCall? But I just want to that ask That is not you, illegitimate. Is, I think not illi- we all have okay, to deal with those things. That's my point. Yeah. I, mean, they're, they're, I mean, you can't donate to a political party well, no, the question and is, stay should on the he, should I he, mean, there are, should he there are things himself? that you're allowed to do. But should he have recused shouldn't. himself? No, I don't think there's any question he should have. Sure. Okay. I mean, Sally, do you agree with that? Well, uh, look, I, I think that the larger issue here is... Let's be clear. I mean, maybe he should have, maybe he shouldn't have. But is he stepping down because of legitimate concerns or is he stepping down because the president the was, uh, was attacking him? And what I'm saying is this, to, to Errol's point about litmus tests, I look at all of this and I think about it through the lenses. What if the shoe were reversed? If Hillary Clinton were president oh. and she was the one sending here out tweets. Here we go again. I'm sorry. If she was the one, here we go again. If she was the one sending out tweets attacking the oh, deputy yeah. of the FBI, Tiny you Christian. would be... And I want to say that when I didn't like what Comey did either for different reasons, I didn't go and attack the integrity of the men and women who work for the FBI. Keep in mind, we're forgetting one big fact here. Timing. McCabe stepped down uh, after the director reviewed the memo. Uh, Okay, everybody, stand by. Up next, a big night ahead for Donald Trump, his first ever State of the Union speech. How will it go over in a Washington that is more tense than ever? The panel weighs in next.
we need to reject any politics. Any politics that targets people because of race or religion. This is not a matter of political correctness. This is a matter of understanding just what it is that makes us strong. That was then-President Barack Obama in his final State of the Union speech delivering a message of unity. In a matter of hours, Donald Trump will give his address before Congress and the millions of Americans watching at home. Let's get back to the panel. Um, so are we going to see some kumbaya tonight from President Trump? We're hearing he's going to be very focused on who, who bipartisanship. Knows? I mean, it depends on whether he stays. I could tell you that when I worked for Newt, when he was Speaker, we'd stand in the Speaker's suite and watch uh, President Clinton on TV, and you go, that line fell flat. He's terrible. This is awful. And inside, you're going, oh, man, he's just killing it again. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do you think? Do you think he's, you know, I mean, this is, these are the reports we're getting, that he, it's gonna, he's going to try to be uh, bipartisan I tonight. believe that. I believe he's going to project strength, and he's going to look to bring a unified force to this country. I believe you're going to see that. Now, let's give him a break before you, you know, let's give him a break. Let's give him the opportunity to try to bring people together. I'll tell you what should not have happened. All of the Congress should be attending that uh, State of the Union. There should be no one protest. Like little kids that lost the ball game and are not going out on the field. Get there, hear what the man has to say, and become part of the solution, not part of the problem. What do you think of that? Uh, I think yes. that this president uh, has more than anyone ever could conceived of in the history of this great nation demeaned that office to an extent that you want to talk about little children on a ball field. He can't engage in civil disagreement with people on the other side of the aisle. He has to call them by names. He can't even disagree with people in his own party without resorting to calling them names on Twitter up at 3 a.m. in his pajamas or whatever the heck's happening. So listen, <laughs> if he, and here's the thing. The reality is the bar has been so lowered that if he stays on script and manages to read more than three sentences on a teleprompter, half the country's going to go, oh, my gosh, he was amazing. Well, right. we know we're, to, tonight, we know we're going to get teleprompter Trump, right? Yes. To, to be followed probably by Twitter Trump at 6 o'clock tomorrow I morning. I can't. I look forward to but it. But teleprompter Trump, I mean, it's an important message, and these, these things really are important. Every line matters. Every line, there'll be somebody in the country saying, you know, this is great or this is awful. And it, it's put together, normally at least, um, by all sections of the government, uh, talking about defense and other kind of appropriations, infrastructure. What are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? It's really important to sort of uh, study the speech as it, as it uh, un unfolds. I would say politically, this president has a habit, I think, of calling for unity, but defining that mm -hmm. unity as, line up behind me, this is where we're going. Mm -hmm. Now, some would call that strong leadership. Others would say, you need to compromise. There's 300 million of us here. Um, you know, most of whom, when we voted, actually picked the other person. So yeah. there's 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 room to sort of uh, massage this a little bit, and we'll see if he actually wants to do that. Tonight. Well, and so the reports have been that he his sort of olive leaves, I guess, to the Democrats will be infrastructure spending um, and and Im immigration. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like he is going to have some. Well, but what you do when you're in the opposition, it's it's either too much, too little, too too late, too early, too wet, too. They're like Iowa farmers. It's never good. I mean, there's always something wrong, and I think that's that's what you'll see in the interviews in the sta in statuary hall afterwards. Depending upon where you started, that's where you're going to be when you get back out. Yeah, I mean, but I guess the question also is just, can you be somebody who really is pretty divisive? I mean, I think you would even agree with that. Just because you go in and give a speech and say some bipartisan things, how do you actually 
Oh, it's, a, it's, just, it's just one speech in a sort of ocean you know, of... I, don't, I, I really don't believe he's that device, divisive, okay? I, 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 look, people don't agree with his method of doing things. He's divisive among the but, four of us. But, but, <laughs> well, he's the least but, popular but, but, president but, but, at this stage. I gather you don't like no. Donald Trump. No, but not, okay? that, but, actually, but, those but are polls. A lot of people... I think we all need to settle down, I mean, as a country, okay? And tonight, I believe you're going to see him deliver that message. Let's settle down. Let's try to work together. And let's move forward. Well, next He's been in office a year, all right? So, so the opportunity is there now, and you'll see it tonight, State of the Union, to all of us to come together. Why don't we look I, at the glass of water half full and half empty? Hang on a second. I, I'll be honest with you. Wait a second. When he said, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something about uh, the undocumented students, and I was there, and I said, and I said it from the beginning, if this president does anything I support, I will cheer him on. And I did. And then he turned around, completely did a 180, and screwed both parties. So, listen, if he shows up and wants to actually not just talk about unity, but put policies on the table that shows he has even a remote interest in being president for the entire country, I would be behind that. I have not seen a lick of evidence that that. he has ever tried. I think first off the bat, and and the foremost theme of the speech is going to be the state of the economy, for which he Mm -hmm. takes great credit. We'd have blamed him if it had gone sour, so we can give him the credit for it going well. Uh, unemployment is down. Uh, revenue is up. Corporations are making investments. They are handing out checks to employees. Um, the, the, the burst in the stock market. Now, there may be troubled times ahead, but as of right now, things are looking really, really well. Well, and what about, is there a chance that he will bring up the investigation? Will he handle it the way Bill Clinton did, which was to ignore it, or will he handle it the way Nixon did, which is to basically say well, enough is enough? Well, it didn't work very well for either one of them. One got impeached. <laughs> The other had to resign, so yeah, I don't think it matters. <laughs> Could we, we, we agree on one thing? I, re- uh, I propose the agreement on one thing. Okay. Could we agree, at least in my lifetime, we've had a do-nothing Congress. They really haven't effectively addressed the issues we're talking about today. So at the very least, it was because uh, of Donald no, Trump. Like well, get away well, with well, 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 what, what have they done? Remember what McConnell up? said about, about whatever. That the they're waiting to see what the president wants to do, and wait you know thirty six hours to see if he still wants to do it. You can't. I mean, the president has control yeah. of all the levers of power, and they can't trust him to yeah. stay to okay. his word. Oh, well, so we, guys, we, have to, we have to wrap this up, but I want to go around the table and ask each of you to fill in the blank. The State of the Union is strong because the spirit of America is strong. <laughs> Hyphenated. Uh, <laughs> the State of the Union is resistant and resilient. All right. Mm. State of the Union is divided, unfortunately. State of the Union is in economically terrific, politically the worst it's been since 1968, 50 years ago. That's a very long word. Okay. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> this is day 376 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.